Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. If you don't have our app, I want you to open it up. I want you to download it because you can follow along on our notes on the app. If you're on Facebook, um, YouTube, wherever you're watching, make sure you share this because I think it's a message that's going to help a lot of people. Maybe your morning started like this. The alarm went off. You reach out, you grab your phone, you hit the snooze button. Come on, what is nine more minutes of sleep going to hurt anybody? You snooze four more times. You finally force your eyes open. You're now way behind schedule. But first things first, you, you go for the scroll through social media. As you grab your phone, you make that mental note that, oh man, why don't I have the newest edition of this phone? Although yours technically works well, uh, the newest model is said to be 10 times faster with a microscopic photo lens and real pieces of gold that are built into the hardware. This is a must have. You finally have logged into social media and you check out all your followers. Oh good, three new followers as of last night. But then you start to research and realize that while you have three new followers, you two people have stopped following you. And now you spend the next few minutes researching these two people. How in the world, what did I do to make them want to unfollow me? It must have been my post I put on last night. But then as you're scrolling through social media, you see that your coworker has gone on vacation. Oh my, it's a rustic cabin. It's in the middle of a beautiful resort. It's in Europe with celebrities and oh look how well behaved their kids are and look how good and loving their spouse is why isn't my life as good as theirs maybe i should plan a vacation also so now you jump online shopping for a few minutes to get some new ski gear you can learn when you arrive right finally it hits you you're running late you got to you got to get to church and you run into your closet and it's packed floor to ceiling wall to wall some things with tags still sticking on them and you throw your hands up in a panic and complain loudly i have nothing to wear i have nothing to wear after showering blow drying skin care dressing and judging yourself in the mirror little by little now it's time to leave but you can't leave yet first there's coffee and you don't want to drink that drunk that you have at your house i'm too behind on time there's a starbucks on the way to the nearest location that i go to at radiant church and so you want to be your best self you want to make sure you you're alert for the message so so you find a way to spend that seven dollars on that triple venti half sweet non-fat soy no foam mocha latte on the way to church you're now on the road and you're sitting there and thinking, oh man, it's 65 degrees in Florida this morning. Man, I really wish I would have got a car with heated seats. I bet it's time for me to upgrade. It'll only take me six years to pay the new SUV that I've been eyeing off. And that new SUV even has a built-in vacuum, which is so important because my pastor told me a couple weeks ago to be a really good steward of the things that God has told, has given to me. All of this happens as you pull into the parking lot, walk into this service, partake in communion during worship together, and sit down for the finale of week six of our series, That's a Stretch. And the message that God wanted you to hear today was simply this, simplify your life. Come on, can I hear a better amen than that today, church? Simplify your life. You are overcomplicated, overcommitted, overextended, overwhelmed, and right now we are not experiencing the joy that God has for us because our lives are way too complicated. A famous theologian once said it this way, purity of heart is to will one thing, to live a life where your pursuit, your will is one thing in your life. 
So I, I know this isn't the message you wanted to hear. You wanted to hear how you can be the Tom Brady of your prayer life today. I know you wanted to hear some Super Bowl message, but I'm telling you, you're going to get stretched over the next few minutes with a challenge that God has been speaking to Katie and I about. This has been the discussion we have had for about three weeks now as God is challenging us on this word of simplifying our life, making our pursuit, making our life about something greater than what this world has to offer because what the world always says is more. Say the word more. No, you're going to hear more, more followers, more square feet, more horsepower, more time, more zeros in your net wealth, more toys, more, more, more. And in the famous words of Veruca Salt off of Willy Wonka in the time, uh, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, she says, I don't care how, I want it now. That's the world we live in today. And the challenge is, the stretch is, is where the world is trying to compile more. God is saying, simplify your life. I've got so much in store for you. Simplify your life. Here's our passage I want you to get in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. That has deeply challenged my life, and I want it to challenge yours today. It says, do not love the world. Now, that's not like the plants, okay? You should love the plants. You should be able to love the mountains. You should be able to love, love, love the, uh, the, the environment. That's not what it's saying. It says, do not love the world, the things of the world, or any of these things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, like you have that craving for the things of the world, he says like this, the love of the Father is not in them. Now, let me tell you what that means. That means if you have that craving for more of the stuff in this world, it's because you lack some of the love of the Father, because really, if you experience God's love in the real way, you wouldn't need those other things the world has to offer. You wouldn't need it. So he says, don't love the world or anything that's in the world. The love of the Father is not in them. For everything in this world, then he tells us what this world has to offer. Everything, every advertisement goes to these three things right here. Ready? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Every commercial tries to hit on one of these three things. Every sales tactic, it's these three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father. This isn't God's plan for you. This is from the world. The world and all its desires, everything the world can give you, it passes away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. And that's what I want to do with my life. So let me tell you what those three things are. The lust of the flesh, that's the internal cravings and addictions that we all have. It's that, it's that craving for more, to find more things, to, to, to satisfy that fleshly desire inside of you. This is where people run to drugs and to alcohol and to sex. Why? Because it's that internal craving. I've got to have it in my life or I'm not going to be satisfied. That's the lust of the flesh. Then he says the lust of the eyes, which are these external desires, envy, materialism. It's what you look at. It's going, man, I, I bought a boat, but they have a nicer boat. And I have a house, but man, their house is way nicer than mine. You just bought your house and you're back on Zillow looking at other houses. What is that? That's the lust of the eyes. It's materialism. It's look what they have. And then it's the pride of life. What is the pride of life? It's the pursuit of status, position, recognition, I got to get to 10,000 followers. I got to have a swipe up ability for my Instagram. I got to have people know who I am. I need to be seen. What is that? It's the pride of life. And all three of these things are the things that are bombarding your life all the time in our life. And they never satisfy. Soren Kittengaard says it this way. He was a theologian. He wrote it this way. He said, riches and abundance come hypocritically clad in sheep's clothing. Look at this. Pretending to be security against anxieties and they become then the object of anxiety you seen this happen in your life where the very things you craved and you pursued after then become the things you're most anxious about 
So let me give you an example. This morning, I didn't wake up worried about my boat. I, w- I wasn't frustrated about it. I, I wasn't thinking this morning about how my boat is broken down recently or, or how it's going to get repaired. I'm, I'm not thinking about how I need to paint the bottom of the boat or I'm not thinking about where I'm going to take it out today or, or how much it's going to cost to fill up with gas. I'm not even worried that my boat's going to get stolen today. Do you know why I'm not worried about any of those things? Because I don't have a boat. It's so free. Now I'm not against the boat. If you got a boat, hit your pastor up. Let's hang out. Like, let's do this thing together. I'm not, I'm not anti-boat, but just understand that the very things you're most anxious about are many times the things that you pursue that are of this world and you finally got them. And now you're trying to take care and spend all these random plates. And the word that God has for you today is simplify your life. Simplify it. You're pursuing too many things. Here's what simplicity is. Write it down your notes. Simplicity is an inward contentment that leads to an outward conviction. This is a challenge God keeps giving Katie and I. Is will you be content in me? And then will you let it drive you to some outward convictions? Not commandments. Not rules. Not legalism. You can buy this or you can't buy this. No, no, no. It's an inward contentment that just goes, you know what? If I never get those things, I'm still satisfied in God. If I never get a nicer house, I'm still satisfied in God. If I never get a nicer car, I'm still satisfied in God. Because my life is not defined by those things. It's defined by what God has for my life. And here's what you need to understand. It's in your notes. If you don't define your life, uh, what your life is about, culture will. They, they will, they will d- define your life. They will tell you what to pursue. Believe me, you've all had this happen. You've even thought about buying something. What happens? The ad pops up on your phone. (laughs) What is that? The world is good at this. The world is really sneaky, sneaky, sneaky about making sure that you are drawn away from what God has for your life so you get more, more, more. They want you, the world, and I'm talking about the world, the system of this world wants you on a rat race that'll end in destruction. They do. How do you acquire more, get more, purchase more, and make your life about this? You don't believe me? They're on this, they're on this agenda. How about this? Roughly, there are, people see roughly 5,000 ads per day. You'll see a little bit more than that because today's Super Bowl Sunday. There are 5.3 trillion display ads shown online every year. On average, children, my kids, see 20,000 30-second commercials each year. Adults see an average of 2 million of those on a yearly basis. What is this? It's bombarding your life. Get more, get more, pursue more, buy more, buy more, get more in debt, more in debt. Go all in. This will make you happy. And then people get upset when once or twice a year, the church talks about, man, manage God's finances better. Get a better pursuit in your life. You go, well, the church shouldn't talk about that. All I'm trying to do is to get you to live a life of a little bit more joy. I'm trying to combat 2 million advertisements this year and just say, guess what? No matter how many of those things you get in your life, it will not satisfy your life. Don't make your life about those things. Simplify your life and get a better purpose. Can I hear a better amen? So, so, so I say all that to say this. Listen, write it on your notes. God does not want you guilty. You have a nice house, you have a, you have a great boat, you have a nice RV. That's all great. God doesn't want you guilty, but he does want us responsible. What has he given us and what's the purpose for it? So let me give you what I'm calling five steps to simplify your life. And I think these will help you because they're challenges that I've wrestled with the last few weeks. We, Katie and I are taking this and trying to apply it to every area of our life. An inward contentment 
that'll lead to an outward conviction of how we live. And here's five statements of how we're trying to live. Number one is that we got to accept the reality that Jesus strongly warns us against the pursuit of wealth and status. There's this weird teaching out there that, man, Jesus is all cool with, you know, get rich and you get as much as you can and buy the jet. And let me tell you, I do believe God wants our people, his people blessed. I do think he wants you to prosper in every way possible. But there's no way that that is the pursuit of our life that we're called to live. There's no way that's what Jesus, all throughout the scripture, he never condemned the poor. He always condemned those who were, uh, who were pursuing after wealth. He would say statements like this in Matthew 16. What good is it if somebody, for they gain the whole world, yet they forfeit their soul. They bought a big house and they built a big business, but they missed out on what mattered most. They didn't simplify their life and make it about what really matters. Or what can you give in exchange for your soul? And I would answer Jesus and say, people have given some pretty stupid things. In exchange for, people are giving some pretty dumb things. In exchange for their soul. Jesus went on to say things like this. No servant can, can serve two masters. Either he's going to hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one, and he'll despise the other. Like, you got to make a decision. Are you going to serve God? Or in, in this phrase, it says mammon, which was the God of money in that day. What, what's going to be the pursuit? What's the Lord of your life? What is in control of your life? There was a young man who came to Jesus one time and said, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, obey the commandments. There was 10 of them. And he said, oh, no problem. I've done all of that since I was a child. You would think. That guy's the shoe-in for what it means to be a disciple. But we don't hear about this man any longer because Jesus then turns to him and says, okay, one thing is it that you lack. Look what he says. He says, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and then you can come and follow me. And you sit there and go, well, is that what it takes to be a follower of Jesus? Of course not. But Jesus understood his heart. Jesus understood what was going on inside of this man, that, that, G, that this man wanted God, but he also wanted God and the things that this world has to offer. And at this, the man's face fell flat because he was sad. Because why? He had great wealth. He walked away frustrated, angry, upset. And guess what? We never hear about him again because he chose wealth over following God. Jesus strongly warns us about this. By the way, I don't think this man went away sad because he had great wealth. I think he went away sad because great wealth had him. There's a, there's a difference there. And Jesus looked around at his disciples and said this statement, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? I would tell everybody at every radiant location, no matter if you think of yourself as wealthy or not, let me just say it is very hard to pursue the things of this world and to pursue a relationship with God. You got to make a decision. How do you make that decision? You simplify your life and define what is it all about. Write it down your notes this way, because wealth can be a part of your life. I'm not against it being part of your life, but it can't be the pursuit of your life. That's the problem. The problem is, is when people make it, this is what my life is all about. First Timothy says a strong, strong statement here. He says in chapter six, verse nine, those who want to get rich fall into temptation. Have you seen this? They're, they're pursuing, how do I get the next deal, the next level, the next, the next thing of sales and a trap. By the way, traps are disguised. You don't know that they're there. I'm trying to reveal a trap to you that this world has to offer. And into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. That's not, that's not like a, hey, thing to play around with. Ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money 
have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. It's crazy to me. I've met some of the wealthiest people and I've met some very, very poor people. Some of the saddest people I've ever met in my life are some of the wealthiest people I've ever met. Why is that? Because they finally got all the world has to offer and they figured out that doesn't satisfy their lives. Can I just say, be warned today for what your pursuit of your life is about. Jesus was strong in his warning against pursuing what this world has to offer. Here's number two, if you want to simplify your life, is before you purchase anything, examine your motives. Why are you trying to buy? Do you really need a TV that big? Do you really need it? Do you really need that new car? Do you really need that upgrade? Do you really, really need it? Examine your motives. I ask myself this question, and it is a hard question, and I put it right in your notes. Am I buying this for its useful, youth, usefulness or rather for its status? <laughs> because we're doing one or the other. And I have had to really had, Katie and I have had some hard conversations going, Does, are we just doing this because it makes us look good? I've had to evaluate, like I'll I'll try on clothes and I'll say, man, oh, this makes you look cool, man. I'll be able to preach really cool in this shirt, you know, (laughs) dumb stuff. Like, like, like I realized, man, this is what the world's trying to do. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's making me look good. If if I get this thing, really, everybody's going to start to notice me. And this isn't a new battle I've faced. I faced this years ago. I remember one of the first youth conferences I was invited to preach at overseas was in the country of Germany. And so I was invited to preach. There's hundreds of teenagers there. So they're like, hey, we're going to bring you over. We're going to pay for you to come. And you're going to preach for these teenagers. And I was like, oh, man, I thought I was a big deal. So I was like, I can't travel alone. I got to travel with a group. So I got two of my buddies at the time who happened to be some of the location pastors here at Radiant Church. But this was like 11 years ago. And so I got them together and I said, hey, guys, I'm going to, uh, to Germany to preach. And I need some armor bearers. Now, if you don't know anything about an armor bearer, good because it's really weird like it was a weird church culture thing where where they used to walk around and like hold your bible for you so i was like I, when we started radiant like one guy wanted to be my armor bearer i was like i can hold my own bible like well we're here to protect you i was like i don't think anybody's trying to kill me like i'm okay it's just us in a dirty theater we're all right the rats will kill me before anybody else does so, so we just kind of killed that culture. But back then that was the thing. So I, I needed some people to travel with. So I said, guys, we can't just show up to Germany. We're like a big deal. Paparazzi might be there. You know, they're going to be taking pictures of us. We need to go get some clothes. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. We need some nice like winter jackets to go. They're like, we should go to the outlet malls in Foley, Alabama. You don't know. Let me tell you, when you have class, but you're poor, you go to the outlet malls at Foley, Alabama. So, so we drove over there and I remember we went to the Calvin Klein. They're having a sale right there. And we're like, let's get some cool jackets. And so Bobby, who was our location pastor here in South Tampa, and then Kenton, who was our location pastor in St. Pete, they were my buddies at the time. And so they were like, yeah, let's get these jackets. So I remember them trying it on and we thought we were, we were all about the status. Actually, I went online and found a picture of it. Uh, that's them right there. <laughs> Uh, now that's funny. I don't care what you say right there. <laughs> Look at the scars, <laughs> the peacoats as we call them. Kenton still wears that peacoat right there in St. Pete sometimes. <laughs> we put that thing on. We didn't have a dime to our name. We went, we'll get the Calvin Klein credit card, 5% off. We don't care what it takes. We need these peacoats right there. So then we get to Germany and we didn't realize how stupid we look. This is what we look like in Germany. That was us right there. (laughs) 
Can I just notice the jeans for just a second? Can you observe how terrible those jeans are? So, so, so it's all about status. I'm telling you, we were as broke as can be, but we thought we looked cool. I wonder how many times we do that kind of dumb things. We're after whatever this world has to offer. David said it this way, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Truly, you want to live a life that is simplified? Just ask the Lord to search you. What is the real reason you're trying to buy this? What is the real reason you want that next house? What's the real reason you want to upgrade your car? I love what David Livingston said. He, he evaluated all of his motives and buying things. And he said it this way. He was a famous missionary. He says, I place no value on anything I possess except in relationship to the kingdom of God. In other words, my motive for anything I buy is it'll accelerate the kingdom of God. So I'll buy the car as long as it helps the kingdom of God. I'll, I'll buy the house as long as I can use it to benefit the kingdom of God. I'm making my life about something bigger than somebody else would, would do. Why? Because I'm a part of a bigger kingdom. I, I look with an earthly, pers- I mean, eternal perspective and you go, well, that's really tough to hear. Great. We need to be stretched in this area because we have gotten far more materialistic than we are Christian. And we need to realize, man, the world is working overtime at complicating our lives. No wonder we're so stressed. Simplify your life. Number three, refuse to be conned into the latest and the greatest. Told you I'm gonna get really practical today. You wanna simplify your life? Recognize the con. I I, I had this happen to me just a few months ago. I saw the advertisement and then the newest iPhone was out. I was all excited. Oh man, I have to buy it. Like I'm missing out my, I don't even know how I survived without the newest one out. So then I got the newest one. I opened it up. I, I started playing on it and I realized it's the exact same iPhone as before. But the difference between this one and the one before is the one before was paid for and this one now I have to pay for. What did, I got con. I, my, my daughters, they tell me, daddy, I, I have to have this new baby doll. It's a baby alive. It, it, it pees and poops and eats and cries. We have to, this is the present we have to have in our life. So we buy these stupid things. First of all, I, I told them, I said, listen, we already got five of these things. <laughs> the real humans, take care of those first. <laughs> Latest and greatest. Then the other day I come home, we had uh, all these uh, Amazon things delivered. So they're playing with the, a cardboard box outside in the dirt. The baby alive is sitting in the mud. It's the old thing. It's not, it's not even like a toy anymore. They'd rather play with the box that they have right there that came in with Amazon. Don't, be, don't buy into this lie. You've got to have the next thing. Hebrews tells us this way. Keep your lives free from, mon- from the love of money and be... All right, say it loud with me. And be what? Oh, be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you or forsake you. You know why he says be content? Because he tells you, guess what? If you realize that the craving you have can be satisfied in him and he'll never leave you, then you won't have to keep buying the next thing. You'll find the satisfaction in God. Come on, give him better praise than that. Amen? First Timothy 6, 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. I don't know if this message will ever be shared with anybody else. Because this is one of those messages people go, I don't like that he said this to me. But you need it. We need it. Here's what he goes on to say. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Here's how I apply this to my life. You want a phrase? Here's your one-liner for the day. Ready? Simply pray before you pay. (laughs) Isn't that great? Just pray before you pay. Just, Just take a second. If it's a big purchase, take a couple days and pray. If it's a small purchase, take a couple hours. Don't be impulsive. 
And let me just talk to the, those under 25 in the room for a little bit, because this is a big deal, because this will save the next 10 years of your life. And all of those financial planners and all those in FPU already know this, but I need to make sure that everybody hears it. Avoid, if possible, all buy now and pay later schemes. And I, I know this is hard to say because we have a lot of businesses that are, the people are in the church and you, you know, you rent furniture and rent, you know, whatever. And I'm just challenging our church. Ready? If you don't have the cash for it, don't buy it. Don't wait, wait, hold off. Make it a point that you're going to do life and finances God's way. The Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So you might think, man, I got this and I'm so satisfied. Really, you're going to get this and you're going to become a slave to, to this. You're either a slave to Christ or you're a slave to this world system. And I promise you, I'd rather be slave to Christ and a follower of him than slave to Bank of America. You've got to make a decision who you're giving your life to. Be a person that pays with cash. It'll simplify your life. Are you learning something? Say yes. All right, number four, develop a habit of just giving things away. You want to simplify your life? Give things away. Stop trying to sell everything and make a dollar here and make a dollar there. Learn how to just live a life of radical generosity. Katie and I have tried to apply this in our lives. We've not always done this, but we've found times in our life where we feel a spirit's nudging and we just walk in generosity. We've given two of our vehicles away in the last few years to people within our church where we just saw a need and we go, well, we'll do it. We'll suffer. We'll do what we need to do because God's blessed us. And when we live a life of generosity, I don't believe you're ever more like God than when you give. Why? Because for God so loved the world that he, that he gave. We walk in generosity. The Bible says it like this, freely you have received, now freely give. And we need to be better at this. We see someone in need, we need to, we need to bless them. You see someone struggling at the grocery store, pay for their groceries. Can Radiant Church be known as the most generous place in America? That we just walk in generosity because that's the way God has designed us to live? Because here's the fact, most of us could get rid of half of our possessions without any serious sacrifice. You could simplify your life a lot more. My wife goes in and throws so many of my kids' toys away. And they have no clue. She's just like, I'm tired of them being on the floor. They break all their stuff. Just packs it up, Aaron, take it up to the, to the thrift store. I'm like, all right, you know. And the kids have no clue. And that's the truth with all of our life. We could walk in better generosity than we are right now. We can do this. And I think we need to do better at this. If I wrote it down this way, and it's a phrase I'm trying to live by. If more people would live simply, in other words, they wouldn't have to buy more and get in more debt and buy the bigger house then what I believe is then other people would simply live. And I want to live in such a way that I, want, I live simply so that other people simply live. What does that mean? I'm just, I'm giving above and beyond. I'm able to be more generous because I didn't just have to have the, the latest and the greatest and the next. No, no, no. I live in such a way that I'm just overly generous with everything that God has given us. So don't make income goals this year. Make generosity goals this year. Find ways to go above and beyond in your giving. If you're not tithing, start to tithe, which by the way, we only announce this about twice a year, but let me just say this. If you've never done a 90 day tithing challenge, take the tithing challenge. Honor God with your finances. Walk, watch what happens when you honor God with your first and you go, well, it's too, it's difficult because how am I going to pay everything out? Simplify your life. Trust God with your life. And we've had hundreds, if not thousands of people do this over the last seven years. And everybody that comes out of it says the same thing. After 90 days, what is it? My life is blessed. I don't know how it happened, but God blessed my life. He, everything that was impossible became possible because I honored God with, with my finances. And I'm just saying this, that this is the only thing in scripture God says to testament. Is test me. See if I will not throw up, open the windows of heaven when you start to tithe. And I'm telling you, it'll bless your life. What we've said for years is we're such believers in this. You take this 90-day tithing challenge, you're going to get regular emails from me. Your location pastor will get a hold of you. Try to figure out how to walk you through this process. We say if you'll give to God faithfully over the next 90 days, 
and you don't see the hand of blessing on, of God on your life, then after 90 days, we'll, we'll, we'll give your money back. I, I said it earlier in the church. I said, I'll personally give you the money back. I'll, I'll find a way. And out of hundreds, if not thousands of people that have done this challenge, not one in seven years has asked for their money back. Not one time. Because why? Because God's faithful to his word. He's not, he's not making something up. So I'll say it again today. If you're here at one of our locations and, and, and you've never tried it, test God with it. Take 90 days. Start giving him your first and watch how God will bless your life. And if you're not blessed after 90 days, here's what it will do. Your location pastor will give you the money back. <laughs> so, that's, that's funny right there. All right. Just watch what God will do with your life. Winston Churchill says it this way. You make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. So many of us are about get, get, get. No, simplify your life. Make it about what you give. I think it'll change your life. Here's the last one. Number five, steps to simplify your life. Number five is pursue a greater legacy instead of a greater lifestyle. This is the conversation we're having constantly. Katie and I are going, are we going after lifestyle or are we going after legacy? Are we going after lifestyle or are we going after legacy? You see, you know, lifestyle is so much about what this world has to offer. Lifestyle is short-term, but legacy is long-term. Lifestyle is earthly, but legacy is eternal. Lifestyle is about stuff. Legacy is about people. Lifestyle is about fun, but legacy is about true joy. I want to make my life about legacy. Change it in your life. And make it about legacy instead of lifestyle. Write it down in your notes, your last note right here. My legacy is the sum total of my pursuits. It's not the sum total of my purchases. And I want to live in such a way that my pursuit is after, the, after what matters most. Because this world is pulling at us. And I, I want to just challenge you. One last thing. We're going to make this very practical as we close with an illustration that I think will help you. Because if we're not careful, we're, we're building our life on something. So there's something that, that is taking your attention, taking your, your time, taking your emotions. So, so I'm going to use these little aquariums that, that we got here. And so this is your life. This is your capacity. This is what you're able to do. And if you're not careful, you will fill your life with a lot of things that this world has to offer. Oh, you got to have more stuff. You got to have a bigger boat. You got to have a nicer car. You need two cars, three, four cars. Everybody needs more. I gotta have I gotta have another thing. You gotta have I gotta have a bigger house. I I I need who can just have a single car garage? You gotta have a two car garage at least. You're just just more and more and more and then and you think that's enough, but really you're filling it within. It's more followers, it's more status, it's more stuff, more stuff, more clothing. You have so much clothes in your in your closet, but you just can't find anything to wear. I mean more can I can I can I be more shoes? Sorry, ladies, I didn't mean to go there, but, and then, and then, then you got some real things that actually need your time and your attention, but you're giving your life to so many other things. And you got your family, and so you're trying to take care of that, and you're trying to take care of your, your friends, and oh man, you really want to, you want to make sure you invest in your education, and you, you really want to do your best to, to live a life where you're making a, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, serving in the community, and you're making sure that people, you know, know who you are. Like, you have some big things that you're trying to give your life to, and then you come to Radiant, and you hear a statement along the lines of like, hey, make God your number one pursuit. Make God everything that your life is about. Serve God with your life. And then you have this, this, we'll use volleyball here. You have this idea going, okay, now with my life, where do I, I'm going to fit them in. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is going to be my year. I'm giving God my life. 
I would give them my life, but man, there's just not a lot of room to make it happen. Isn't like, so you're trying to give God, and then you come here and you go, hey, you're created on purpose and for purpose. Like you've got potential, you've got something in store for your life. So you have a mission with your life. You have people that are called to reach. And so you want to do that too. So we have our friend here. <laughs> this, is, this is who you're trying to reach, right? And, and, and so you're trying to do this and you're going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach people now. I'm going to lead a small group. Oh man, there's just, there's just never any time. I can't do anything with my life because I just don't have enough time. And Jesus addresses this right here because this is so many of your lives. Your life is filled with so many other things. He addresses it this way. He says in Luke chapter 12, he says, Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to, or or about your body or what you're going to put on. For life is, it's more than all of this stuff. This, I know you think this is what it's all about because this is what culture tells you about, but this is, there's more than this. It's more than food. It's more than clothing. Then he tells us the solution. He says, instead, he says, you see those moves? <laughs> Eighth grade co-ed volleyball. <laughs> Little known fact, I was the MVP. So um, last time I ever played a sport right there. So... Uh, Here's what he says. He says, seek first his kingdom. So just put God first. So start with an empty slate this year. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. So, and then he says, his righteousness, do, do, put God, put ministry first. I don't know how I'm going to have time for it, but I'm going to make it uh, to point that I'm going to serve and I'm going to give and I'm going to do what God's called me to do first. And then when you do this, then, then, then add on after this, the foundation being God first, then add on going, now I'm going to invest in my family and I'm going to invest in my, in my community. And I'm going to, I'm going to invest after I put God first in my, my future and my education and my life, I'm going to do those things first. And then with the leftover space, here's what I'll do. Then after I put God first and I put my other priorities first then oh he says all these things will be added oh help me out with this let's try this he goes it'll be added and there's some things that you know what you might not be able to do but i'm just a firm believer that god is good to his word that when you put him first when you honor him first when you put your life all about him oh let's try this over here oh look at this eventually all of these things that you wanted so bad with your life will be added unto you. How is it possible? Put God first, honor God first, and watch how when you honor God, God will honor you and bless you with all those other things. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's make this a sacrifice moment. Say, God, we give you our lives. We give you our future. We surrender to you and we put you first in our life. Come on, sing it out together. Nobody moving around. This is a divine moment where God is going to speak to some people about just simplifying your life. 
You're pursuing all these random things. And God's saying, would you just pursue me? Would you put me first in your life? Come on, let's make a, make a decision. I'm going to give you 15 seconds to apply this message to your life. Maybe it's one of those five points that you need to work on. Maybe it's the idea of, man, making sure that you're honoring God with your generosity or you're, you're, you're being wise about where you're spending money. What is it about your life? Maybe it's about your legacy. And you're making your legacy about lifestyle instead of about, about truly making a difference in the world today. Say, God, I commit to you. Come on, take 15 seconds. Make a decision. Say, God, I give you my life. I recommit. Come on, even as believers, we have to re-surrender. Recommit to being a God-first, God-pursued life. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word, that as we seek you first, as we honor you with our life, with our finances, with our time, that you truly will bless us in supernatural ways with all those other things. We pray that a renewed commitment over our church to simplify our lives, make it less about this world and more about you. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed, every head bowed, there's another group that's here today at all of our locations and you don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know you can. This is your moment to surrender your life to him. This is your decision right now. The ball's in your court. Jesus already paid the sacrifice for you on the cross. It's your moment right now to say, now I'm giving him my life. I'm giving him my sin. This is your day of salvation. I believe it's going to mark your life for the rest of your life. February 7th, 2021. That your day that you gave Jesus your life. If that's you across all of our locations, I want you to make it, do something bold with me. On the count of three, I'm going to have you raise your hand and say, today's my day of salvation. Today's the day I'm going all in with God. We'll all pray together, but I want you to make that bold faith step at your location to say, today's my day. Maybe you're online. It's your day of surrendering to Christ. If that's you on the count of three, throw that hand up and I want to pray with you. Ready? One, two, three, all over the room. Come on, throw those hands up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, throw it up bold. Throw it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, those in North Tampa, Brandon Heights, St. Pete. Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer out loud. Can we make it a, a prayer, not just from our mouths, but from our hearts? Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Forgive my sins. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.